both like this this concept of like an ultra nerd. Kind of like Sid from Ice Age. Yes, very much so. Nice. Oh, oh my I can't mammals? do a, I can't do the. That was terrible. The Actually, don't put that in the. Oh, uh, Sid, I think he's got the L word. Ah, leprosy. <laughs> no, Sid. Four letters starts with L. Aha! Like. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my friends. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Today, we have a very special guest, Mitchell Barnhart. <laughs> I wanted to make that joke. I was, I was like, do I go for this? Do I not? And Caleb handled it for me. It was fantastic. Yeah, we have uh, two super important people on the podcast, me and Caleb today. <laughs> and then the cat literally dragged in Michael Grizz Grazy into the studio. Yes. Um, and we decided to do him a favor and get him some attention since he doesn't get enough. So. Yeah. Yep. That, would, that sounds about right, <laughs> well, actually. This is great. Actually, I knocked on the door and... Uh, and the guy answered it. I, I'm sorry, I don't remember his Glenn. name. Um, Glenn answered the door, and he said, "Hi, can I help you?" And right away, I'm like, "Whoa, dude, you don't recognize me? Like, I've literally been on." <laughs> Shut <laughs> up! <laughs> I got lost in an actual story. I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. This will be kind of..." Oh no. Well, I oh, mean, that was no. a truthful story. Like that. That is legitimately what went through my brain right away. Is like, "Can I help you?" I'm like, "Yeah, I've been." What I've literally been here for yeah. like this whole COVID. So you're just like Mitchell and Caleb. I literally said, "Yeah, I'm gonna be recording this podcast with Mitchell and Caleb," and he's like, "Oh, oh, okay." I'm like, "Yeah, so I'm just gonna come in. Now. I'm just gonna enter." <laughs> cool. Yeah. That's all good. It's good talk. I mean, yeah. it's it's smart because like even the other day. There are people who are coming up to the church doors who've never been to Hope, and they're like, That's "We fair. saw your live stream. This is cool." And I want a, I want a yard sign. They yeah. feel part of the community. Oh, they watched our but they—that's actually super dope, dude. Yeah. yeah, this this shows actual fruit of Mitchell's staff position, uh, director of tech legitimately ministry. though. Like when I mean, we had before. So this last Sunday, I was here. Yeah, right. And yeah. Um, like Rachel and um, somebody else was telling stories about how people have watched the Hope Live podcast. Yeah. Or, or the, the live stream, the live stream yeah, on yeah. Sundays and like definitely would not be people that would be found in a church if church was quote unquote normal right. right now. Yeah. So I think it's really cool. Like everybody at the beginning of the COVID season was like, God's going to do work through this. And, but I feel like there was like a general feeling of like, okay, but how, like we, mm-hmm. we don't really know, but that's like he says, first fruits of how the Lord's been working during this season. Yeah. Well, that's that's big facts. Uh, something that Brian Zahasky pointed out, uh, this is probably a month ago now, but he was like, people are expecting a revival, like Billy mm-hmm. Graham level revival of, of, the, <laughs> of the faith. And he's like, it's not going to happen because last time there was a revival, we were all a ton more interconnected in general, but then not even so much to refer to like face to face and isolation and social distancing, but like the cell phone was not a thing. Like, you mm-hmm. know, the, the nightly news just barely had been invented. Mm-hmm. So like people were having interpersonal connections. Like those were the strongest things around. Right. And now, uh, this article that he, Brian Sheridan didn't like co-sign every single thing, but like the theme of it was that a revival probably isn't going to happen the way that anybody expects it to, because it's really easy to just, sit there and watch Netflix and mm-hmm. whatever. But I do think that there's a really interesting new cutting edge, a growth edge for ministry and churches yeah. in like now the game has officially changed and yeah. and live streaming is not just like gravy. Like it's going to be a huge, it's going to be like if you did church without a band, like it's going to be that kind of movement. I was talking to Brian Feldman yesterday and he goes, uh, he's like, yep the live stream i i'm noticing it's becoming the worship wars all over again oh there, no there was a while where like we had 
a serious conversation as a global church. And, and then, you know, obviously on the scale of each church mm-hmm. to themselves about if contemporary music was the devil or if it was like actually worshipful devil. 100%. Yeah. Facts. I mean, I have you to listened to reckless love? That is absolute heresy. Okay. Um, talk about that later. Yeah, for sure. Yikes. Uh, but he said that, that now we've established that contemporary music and elevation worship aren't the antichrist. We've got that nailed down. Now it's like, the live stream just Bethel, like people. <laughs> oh no, uh, the, that like live streaming now. People like pushing to make live stream excellent, like like mm-hmm. actually high quality stuff. Um, is going to be like a new edge for the church to get used to, like actually pursuing excellence in that realm, which was a very it's a shift thought. for sure because it's turned into like much more of a. It can be confused with the production mm-hmm. rather than a time to connect with the with the Lord. Yeah. But I agree with you. I don't think we're going to see a Billy Graham revival in the church. I think it's just, um, kind of like shifting phases. Yeah. So she's, she's growing. I, I was considering what our good friend, Mark Komzu said to me the other day. He was like, do you really think people are ready for revival? Do you really think that once we're all allowed to be in church again, that if this Westwood church is filled with 1,000 people, we would be able and willing to sustain that. Like, more bars from Mark Thompson, honestly. <laughs> He's like, he was just, I I was actually driving him and my friend Mitchell Barnhart's younger brother, Alex Barnhart, Alex Barnhart home from church a few weeks ago. And he just like gets into this entire rant like I was not expecting it but about like prayer and fasting Mm -hmm. and how like right now is is when the Lord is calling his people to reconnect to him through that and how really like prayer is considered a excellent way right to commune with the living God but also our modern day church especially in America has forgotten about fasting yeah yeah I think like something that as a kid was like, Oh, okay. Fasting doesn't have to suck because I ate a ton of food as a kid. Um, <laughs> was like, you can fast from social media. You can right. fast from Snapchat. And I think that like, well, sure. Like there's that level of sacrifice and like there, there are obviously like a ton of asterisks for each individual situation. You know, there are a ton of just life concerns, dietary, whatever, a bunch of them. And so finding different ways to sacrifice a worldly thing mm-hmm. to focus on the Lord, that's great. But I think that at least for like a pitfall of my own heart, not to say that I'm, I, I haven't fasted ever, but I, but a pitfall of my own heart is that like, Oh, I can just fast from something I don't really care about and call it fasting and it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, it's not. Yeah. The whole like idea of fasting from food is just taking something that you quite literally need to survive and which like, um, really can control the desires of your heart and mm-hmm. your actions yeah. and taking it from yourself. Um, and replacing that thing with the presence of God. See, I couldn't fast because I would never be able to turn down a bunch of Chick-fil-A on a Saturday afternoon. Right. Man, the last time, yeah. I mean, that was the joke, that was the yeah. joke actually, <laughs> yeah. was that I I don't fast regularly, um, but I do fast occasionally. And the last time I fasted was from 3 p.m. on Good Friday until communion Easter morning yeah, was when I broke my fast. And that was really, um, if you're listening to this podcast and it's about the Easter season, um, I would recommend because it was really, really, really crazy experience to, um, break a almost 48 hour fast with the body and blood of Christ and just feel like satisfied in that moment. But pivoting back to Mitchell's hilarious joke, (laughs) um, Saturday I came in, um, so this is midway through the fast and we came into Hope Cove and, um, did a bunch of recording stuff, work for the live stream and stuff for Easter, which we were going to be doing live that next day. Um, and Rachel Lassen brings in a massive order of Chick-fil-A and I was, I was cool with it. I sat at the table with my friends while they chowed down on some Chick-fil-A, but really where the, where the worst temptation came in, which was surprising was, the sauce. was that I took, yeah, I literally took a bag of the sauce home and it was late Saturday night and I was up with my roommate, Caleb Kunze, 
and uh, there's this sauce sitting on the table, and I'm like, literally nothing in this world sounds better than just taking Chick-fil-A sauce down the hatch right now. <laughs> like, legitimately. And and I'm telling you, if you feel like you don't have food in your fridge, in your house, like, fast for a while, and everything turns into a food source, man. Like, <laughs> I literally looked. I'm, I wish I was kidding because I was fasting with my roommate, Caleb. Yeah. And I was fasting with him, and we looked in the fridge, you know, because we like to tempt our hearts whilst already in temptation. And... I looked at this jar of mayo and I'm like, dang, dude, honestly, I'm at the point where like just a spoonful of mayo sounds fantastic. And he's like, he responds with, oh, yeah, you throw a little pepper on that bad boy and we, we're cooking, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. That's funny. That was a really wonderful experience because after Easter, you invited me over to your apartment. Yeah. We had break fast and I did not fast. I did not deserve the beautiful food that was before me. It's all right. We're but happy to have them. It was it was wonderful to one spend an Easter with people that I cared about and love without having to like drive all the way elsewhere, and two to be able to have such good food with y'all. That was that was really Thank good you. fellowship time. I really appreciated that. I don't know if I said that before super publicly, but here we are. Uh, that's one thing that always like makes me feel nostalgic and. If you refer back to episode two, any evangelism of the podcast, like this very strong nostalgic four wing that I, that, that tinges up, um, is like, I grew up with really, really strong, like personal gatherings with like people from church or my grandparents or family or whatever on like events. Right. And so like whenever, like we had a, I don't know, I can't think of really specific examples right now, but like any time that just the family that. I and we have made uh, that's not blood, but is through the Lord and through is like just the, the community that exists whenever we have like a family night type of thing. And it's like on that kind of situation, I'm always like, Oh hell yeah, this is sick. This is so cool. This is what is this? And then I'm like, Oh, this is how my dad did it. And then this is how he's got his friends that I grew up with their kids. That's, that's crazy. That's, that's so oh, wild. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Second thing on so I, I, uh, one of the ways that I try to stay connected with my little brother is we play a bunch of video games on like, you know, just online together. And so we were on, we were on a game that night uh, after, and he goes, yo, have you met Mark? Have like, <laughs> you met Mark? I'm like, that's the question for everybody listening to this. Have, have you, you met, met Mark? Mark? Uh, the title of this podcast probably being, have you met have Mark? You met Mark? <laughs> just ignore Grace's presence at all until they press yeah, play. Um, no, so he yeah, goes, have you met Mark? And I'm like, oh, yes, brother, I've met Mark. And he goes, this dude, it's just like I took a super, like a, like an Android designed to glorify God, and then the only script he can speak is just all of Paul's letters to the churches. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's like, he's like, <laughs> I always goes, he's like the book of Philippians with legs. It's crazy. <laughs> and I was like, uh, <laughs> there's a lot I, more to this wonderful man of God than that, but like is. I definitely hear what you're saying. Yeah. Straight up, man. I the first time I met him, um, it was the same response. I'm like, this guy is so filled with the Lord. Like, I feel like it wouldn't be short of him to just have books of the Bible memorized. And every time I'd reach out, so he plays on our worship team at SCSU Crew. Um, Shout out he is a worship team. He is a phenomenal bass player. Like, oh. just brings the oh funk. My goodness, yeah. Actually, brings too much funk to where Brian Feldman had to <laughs> regularly ask him to elongate his notes because yeah. <laughs> Mark will just slapify everything. He'll just slap everything, man. But that's I love it. And so he would respond, and and going off of the whole Philippians with legs things. Like I felt like I was reading Paul's letter to the Church of America. <laughs> Ooh. through Mark Combs. Wouldn't that be crazy if, like, Mark turns into this, like, really well-known evangelist, like like this Ravi Zacharias, rest in peace, you know, uh, type of yeah. character. You know what I'm saying? Like, just this, like, oh, dude, did you hear Mark Comstu's new sermon? Like, whatever. And then it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I went to college with him. Oh, yeah. him? Yeah. Oh, for sure. We uh we played worship together. We played, yeah. We worship. Worship. <laughs> uh, we legitimately, like, I wasn't going to take that that way, but right. I, in my in my head, right after I said that, I just thought about, especially in this time, with the whole thought of, like, revival slash right. post-secondary transitioning of the church. Yeah. Like, what, what would the letter 
to the Church of America look like? Ooh. Like, what would be in it? How would Paul absolutely destroy us? This is <laughs> First Americans, chapter one, first one. Get the hell off TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> at Rachel Lassen. At Rachel Lassen. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> and at me. Um, I don't want to just jump in and take control, but I do want to pivot, if I may, to the, the, the heart and the intention of Caleb and myself to do one of the things that we, we went for in episode one, or we described going for in episode one, and we succeeded in doing in episode three with Cody Pratt, I think, and what we're going for here with good friend brother Michael Grizz Grazy. Um, we just want to gas you up, brother, because you are now departing for a time. Did you did you hear my story about Glenn, dude? I'm already gassed. Yeah. <laughs> Stopped at the quick We're trip on my way down. Here. We're here to give him a strong dose of humility before he leaves for Des Moines. Um, yeah. You're going to Des Moines, dog. Going to Des Moines. Des Moines, Iowa. It's just like a lot of... There's like nothing in Iowa, and then you hit Des Moines, and you're like, oh, oh there's I, some, I, I see you. Okay, yeah. cool. I remember driving through Des Moines... I'll gas you up in a moment. I remember got oh, driving thanks. through Des Moines okay, let me, on my let way me to open my fuel one of tank. the pilots concert with Kara. We drove 14 hours there and back. Well, and you like Tony on pilots? Sometimes. Yeah. Depends on the day, honestly. The audience can't see this, but a strong down thumb <laughs> is, is in effect that last year. Fun fact, uh, not to pivot from Caleb's story right now, but we were, we were going down on a road trip to the city selling all of our old music equipment from crew and we literally, literally had, yeah. <laughs> we had this entire caleb's what is it mazda 5 very tiny full band. literally packed full caleb and i were both holding tom drums because <laughs> we, we all really wanted not. to ride together we all really wanted to ride together we had two cars i mean it wasn't like we did this out of necessity but it was like <laughs> dude brothership bonding time what's up let's do it do you, and uh yeah. <laughs> and so we were in just crammed in this Mazda five with way too much music equipment. Way too, way much. too much. I don't I'm not sure. Like we had tower speakers and other speakers and a full drum kit and like a soundboard. It was it looked like somebody like tricked out their car for like drift racing because of how low the <laughs> Mazda five was sitting on the ground. Like the I it was sagging was several impressive, inches. Honestly, but I was like, we, oh, no. with with Caleb and Mitchell's both combined love of twenty one pilots, we listened to an entire 21 Pilots album. Yeah. Um, and I got every single song. I, I got the history and <laughs> message lesson combined in it. And I actually learned to like 21 Pilots because of that experience. So thank you for that. Dude, praise the Lord. That's something Caleb gave to me on their previous albums. And then he and I both like would have long talks about different songs off that album. Yeah. And conversations about like, because one of the things I love about how Tyler Joseph writes a lot of the songs is there's like four different translations of songs. Right. Like it could mean like it, 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 they're all like intentional. Mm -hmm. Well, not all. It's hard to tell, obviously, but like different songs could be about something super positive and then also have this entirely another layer that's its own thing that is like a lot more of a negative thing. It's very interesting. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry. No, back to the Des Moines story. Des Moines yeah. Totally less <laughs> impressive at all <laughs> or interesting. Do so you have tower speakers in the car? Yeah. Uh, you talked about that. Pivot back to Des Moines. It's not cool. I visited a high V because I really wanted to see one. Back to Mitchell. Okay. For <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> uh, so I met Grizz my sophomore year, which was your freshman year. Did you? Did we really? Well, met like I attached your face to your name for the first time. Okay, that's fair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I probably, like, dapped you up in some passing whatever at Crew. But sophomore year was also my year of exit from Crew. Which yeah, is, you act like my freshman year was I was in Crew. Well, you, you were <laughs> you were probably at a thing, and I was at a thing. Right. Like, this did, is, you do, did you do Garvey with Gabe your freshman year? Yeah, a couple times. Garvey with Gabe. Garvey with Gabe Sunderland. Gabe, what a guy. Anyway, uh, so... That is when I met you, but I feel like I really got to know you more in the last, I don't know, what do you want to say, nine months? Last school yeah, year? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but to set the scene, I would like to give you the rock and let okay. you just tell us about yourself. Yeah. Um, so I was born and raised in the great state of Wisconsin. That's going to be it for our episode of Cellmates today. That's... Uh, <laughs> I've been planning that bit for an hour. I've been, I'm sure you have. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. Um, but yeah, grew up actually in a small town, Mondovi, Wisconsin. Um, moved up to a much bigger city, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Um, or as 
Pastor Brian, best pastor, refers to it as Minnesota East, which is slightly heretical, I'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah, but... Uh, fact. Yeah, so I, I grew up there. Um, came to St. Cloud State then. Um, I had no idea what or where or just anything about St. Cloud. Didn't even know it existed. Um, and I actually came up here. They recruited me for football. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Came up here August 9th of 2017 and moved into Shoemaker Hall. Oh, yeah. St. Cloud State Campus, West 310. Um, and shout started, out whatever freshman lives in. Shout out whatever freshman is obviously listening to this podcast <laughs> living in West 310. Actually, nobody's living in West 310 right now. Because of COVID. COVID. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that bit did not pan out like I thought. And I'd yeah. like to return the rock to you. Neither did COVID. <laughs> all right, dude, hand off. Here we go. Um, actually, that's all I have now. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't really know. Like, how deep are we going with this? Well, I mean, so talk about, I guess, how you were coming into school with regards yeah. to faith, mm-hmm. and then a little bit of the journey as to where you got to. Now. Sure. Um, yeah. So I grew up in the church and for all you unchurched members that means i grew up going to church <laughs> right <laughs> i grew up in the building i never left yeah yeah um that was slept me. in the pew um what's a pew honestly <laughs> who came up with that okay anyways back to me <laughs> <laughs> oh that was masterful that was so good this little hezzy into a cross that was so nice <laughs> Um, oh man. Yeah. So I, I grew up in the church in an old, old, like German founded Lutheran church, like the kind where the organ is up in the rafters in the back. Nobody knows where the music's coming from, but it's there. (laughs) Um, wooden pews actually had the kneelers for a while, but never used them because you know, yeah, I'm not going to go there. Um, (laughs) and so I, did did that. I mean, then I transferred up when I moved to Eau Claire for school. I went to, um, we moved churches due to other circumstances um, to Peace Lutheran Church in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Um, and really like that church is foundational and fundamental to why I am the way I am, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. It's a, it's still a Lutheran church, um, but very much like not the classic organ led hymnal. It, it had, it really appeals well. Um, and this is me, by the way, gassing up Peace Lutheran Church. Um, it appeals well to all demographics. And I say mm-hmm. all as in like just an age range dem- demographic. Right. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't broaden that to um, different cultural stuff, but um, they have two different worship venues and so they do like an organ-led service for um, the traditional folks and then kind of Mm -hmm. like a softer contemporary um, so more piano-led elevation worship not not quite Um, more like um, Michael Smith back in the early 2000s like yeah just that um, I lovingly call it like mid-40s contemporary worship music for sure I um, that. Yeah. Um, and then they have a whole nother side that's very similar to um, what you would see in a large non-denominational style church. Um, so dark, stage lifted, lights production, stuff like that. Um, and they run three services of very contemporary Bethel elevation, that yeah, style. That of, style. Of, of sure. worship. Yep. And so... Um, that was, that was the first time I'd been introduced to church in that way. Um, and praise the Lord. I, I had my best friend, Ilya Morrow, um, been shout my out best Ilya, friend. Bro. shout out Ilya Morrow, um, met him when I was three years old. We've been best friends inseparable. I really desire for everybody to have a relationship like I have with him. It's something really special and God given, um, and something that I see between these two fine gentlemen sitting here. Uh, with me. Um, well, I've never, all right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, transition okay. slide back to me. Back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the Lord really, so he, Ilya was going to that church. And so I had my best friend up there and 
through the process of, I went there seventh, eighth grade and on through high school. Um, and I actually fell in with, um, my junior and senior year with a group of, there were five of us total, um, and we actually called ourselves, I'm going to cringe when I say this, uh, we called ourselves the Fab Five. Mm. So, but but in all reality, like, uh, oh, wow, yes, we did. Um, you can actually find them at fanjoy.co slash Fab Five Eau Claire. And, uh, you can get 20% off, code name Michael Grizzgrazy. Figure out how to spell all that, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway, so um, yeah, good. so so they were they were people that I mean we we journeyed through this so-called Christian walk together, mm. um, really turned into a family there, which is um, really something that like even now that I'm removed from that and looking back and helping with high school ministry now um, is something that I don't see. Yeah, um, yeah. commonly I should yeah. say um, it's a it's a rare blessing. It is, and and you said it correctly. It was a huge blessing to my life. Um, I also, when I moved up to Peace Church, um, started playing in the worship band there. Um, so I actually started on the forty style contemporary worship side, soft worship. Um, yeah, soft worship. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and I played. So I self, I taught myself how to play bass guitar. Um, coming in because I actually just really fell in love with like, uh, the low side bass side of music. Yeah. And so taught myself how to play bass guitar, started that, that started me into playing in worship bands. Um, and then I transitioned sometime in high school into going over to the other side. Um, they call it the dark side there, which I'm not comfortable with, but <laughs> makes sense. That's kind of funny. Like the the like organ worship and no, no the, the, the super contemporary, the super oh, contemporary oh, side. Oh. Yeah, they call it the community life center, but most people lovingly refer to it as the dark side. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I I played drums there. Um, I I've self taught myself a decent number of instruments, but. Um, two guys that were really instrumental to me just as a person, much less in my, in my faith walk. Um, they're both music, like the worship directors there mm. um, both at separate times. So, um, the first one was Michael Rambo. Um, and he, he was there. Oh man. When did he get there? Probably my freshman or sophomore year. Um, and, and he is just someone that is very similar to a Mark Kamsu kind of guy mm. in that like completely Holy Spirit filled. I mean, just breathes yeah. the gospel. Yeah. Um, like when we talk about this idea of spiritual breathing as like yeah, in every couple so. seconds yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. um, like he, he does that, wow. um, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was really inspiring. And so he taught me a lot, taught me a lot about technology. Um, that's when I really started to grasp this idea of like running cables on the stage and doing soundboard stuff and stuff like that. And then uh, later on, Jesse Hamble came back um, to be the worship director. He was actually the worship director before Michael Rambo. And then he kind of took a hiatus and pursued um, full-time ministry through his band and ministry organization called 513 free 513 513 free free, shout out um one of my favorite youth retreats was uh one that our church went on where 513 free came in and was the worship band did they really it it was sick yeah yeah Yeah. we played broomball with them yeah they played one game and then they were all like in a huddle and we're like what's going on they're like up to play next and they're like yeah we're we love playing with you guys like it's fantastic and we're really thankful that you're like welcoming us in also our like entire subsistence right now is uh reliant upon uh using our hands and we're playing broomball so we don't yeah. think we're gonna play anymore um but yeah 513 free jesse rambo caleb yeah. has stepped off mic in an fda organic approved way so we're just gonna keep rolling yeah so um yeah i don't know both guys really instrumental um in teaching me how to be in a worship band and uh, then eventually lead worship. Um, and yeah, uh, I guess though, looking back, especially now, like when I tell kind of my story about, about my walk with the Lord, yeah, um, I was very much the uh, 
talk the talk, um, but definitely not walk in the walk. Yeah. Um, type of of believer, like a chameleon. Would you say? <coughs> Whoa. Whoa! Shout out Enneagram Type Three. Yeah. It does not matter. It is not a defining factor for literally anybody. But as we discussed, it is helpful in understanding. And it's been really helpful. I'll get to this later. But it's been really helpful in helping me understand our friendship. Yeah. Because we're both threes. And both, both threes. Hyper competitive and both like want to prove to the other one that we belong in their life. So it's just this like <laughs> when it, when it's off yeah, base. Honestly, I laughed, but it's completely It's facts. 100% true. Yeah. So uh, that's been, uh, I'll, like I said, I'll get to that. But we're yeah. healthy threes. But uh, just like me in, in high school and in that season of life as well, 100% was like walking and not, or I was talking and not walking. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, I just go to church and get approval for being the guy and then I can go do whatever else I want anywhere else. That I, I'm trying to vocalize. Yeah, here, totally. Right? Um, yeah, and so that, that manifested itself in like I played on the worship band almost every week, um, whether I was playing drums or bass or whatever have it be, um, guitar, and uh, <laughs> I just <laughs> all right. All we're right. gonna <laughs> keep rolling. <laughs> um, yeah, and so people saw me. People knew me um, from being up on the stage, and yeah. that really fed into the three. Now that you mentioned it, of just like people yeah. knowing me, but me not knowing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, I was I was the guy that knew everything. Like I said, grew up in the church, and and was really good at memorizing answers. I feel like I yeah. have a firm hey. grasp on like what the Bible says. And so I knew that. Um, and so any questions, it was like, boom, I could answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like legitimately, I don't think I opened up the Bible for myself ever throughout high school, like to actually mm. read it for myself. Right. Like anytime I opened it up, it was like youth group Bible study. Okay. We're going to read in Ephesians now. And so you can go open find it Ephesians up to in Ephesians. like five seconds. Right. But also, well, like, more or less, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, it's like, I empathize with that too. Cause like there's a ton of familiarity and like for somebody right. that was new, I'm like, Oh yeah, it's right next to Colossians and you know, right. whatever, but never actually knowing right. really what it's or at least Google the, open a, the book of Ephesians. Oh no. One, two, Here's what I found. three, <laughs> four. Got it. <laughs> so, um, wow. Yeah. That was- so no, but just like the, the, I think you're about to get to this, but like the knowing in your head and knowing in your heart. Yeah. It's uh, head knowledge versus heart. Right. Knowledge. So the heart knowledge for yeah. me wasn't there and the head knowledge was and very much. So that's what I'm hearing you say. Too. Yeah. And, and I was very, so now going to college, um, I had a very strong Christian community there. Yeah. Um, I mean, looking back on high school, like I never got invited to parties Nothing like that because because of two reasons. So one, they knew that I was a Christian because of the way I talked, right, and the people I hung out with. Right, right. Um, and so they they were like, "Oh yeah, we we wouldn't invite you to parties because we knew you didn't drink because of that." And and also, I mean, because I took my football career very seriously. Like, if I would have gotten busted with alcohol, I would have got scholarship revoked. Like, wouldn't probably wouldn't have been allowed to come to St. Cloud type thing. Right, right, right. Maybe yeah. more or less. I don't actually know the consequence, but that was what I assumed. Yeah. And so, yeah, praise God for that. Um, and, and a big part of that, and, and I feel like I'm circling around, but like one of the most foundational defining things in my life is my parents. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because one, my parents are still together. Um, they love each other and they love the Lord. And sadly, like that's not super common anymore either. Yeah. And so yeah. that is, that is really defined a lot of who I am, just having that healthy home life yeah. and parents that are completely supportive. Um, like, I don't think I've ever really made a decision that like has been like they, that they haven't supported, yeah. um, which is a huge blessing. So, um, yeah, when I came to St. Cloud, then I was used to, um, having that Christian community. And now like I knew nobody in St. Cloud, right. not a single soul. Didn't even know where St. Cloud was actually before I Google maps it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, nice. But I knew that they wanted me to come play football for them. And so I did. Um, and so, yeah, I came up here and, and I really, really struggled. Like my entire freshman year was just a, the lowest point in my life by far. Um, I was taken out of community and nobody knew me. And that was a really big struggle for me was that nobody knew me. Um, I found like all my value and worth was found in people seeing how good I was. 
Um, and so now being in a place that nobody knew who I was, nobody knew how good I was and, and nobody, like I, I felt like I had to rebuild this reputation that I had spent the prior 18 years of my life building. Yeah. Um, and that was really hard for me. Um, so I really like, I fell away from the Lord hard. Like there, I, I struggled through a season and a long season of my life that I long in relativity, um, but a long season in my life in which I, um, would have been hard pressed to tell you that I believed in God. Yeah. Um, like I, I wasn't even sure I had so many doubts about it. Um, my biggest fear was manifested in isolation being death. Um, and so like there were many nights that I, um, legitimately like cried when I was going to sleep because I was so scared of dying hmm. like that night. Wow. Um, or just in general and, and just like this concept of like what happens after death. Like, I don't know. And and nobody knows, right? Nobody knows until you experience it. It's not something that, you know, you, you know what's going on. And so, yeah, at least that's what I felt. I have a, I have a very different outlook on that now sitting here. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, but that's what I felt. And, and so doubted the Lord. I, and, and no doubt, like I tried to, I wanted that, like I wanted that relationship because I looked back in high school and I was like, why was I so much in a better place in high school? And one of the commonalities was like, oh, I felt like I believed in God um, and had this community around me. And so like I desired to know God, if God existed at this point, like I didn't, wasn't sure about that. Um, But like I, I would go in this room down at the end of Shoemaker West Hall and like I'd try and pray and I'd try my hardest to do it. And I knew like I had the muscle memory. It was like, I felt like I knew how to pray. Right. Um, but every time I tried, it was just like the devil spitting these words in my ears about like, dude, you're just talking to yourself. Like there's nobody listening to this. Um, and I'd look up at the sky and I'd be like, yeah, I, I don't think God exists. Like I legitimately don't think he exists. Um, no, I, was not an atheist by any means at that stage. Like I still claim to be a Christian for sure. And that's where, when you mentioned going to grub groups with Gabe, like, you know, I still kind of had that facade because I'm like, if I can still keep this up, like maybe it'll just kind of get back to feeling good and feeling normal. Yeah. Um, But in my heart of hearts, I I really wasn't a believer at that point. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and to fast forward the story, um, I guess like through a series of conversations going back home uh, over Thanksgiving break, I had a conversation with Michael Rambo and, and for the first time really just poured out and I like sat in Peace Church sobbing, like crying mm-hmm. to him because I'm like, I am so scared. Like I, this and that, I don't know if God exists and I'm just in a terrible place right now. Yeah. Um, and he, instead of like taking the whole like, empathy route of dang I'm, I'm sorry you're going through this right now like I'll be praying for you and support you and here's like some tips or something like that yeah he he stared me stone cold in the eyes and said um if you want to have a relationship with God you got to put in some effort bro damn like have you ever read the bible <laughs> yeah and I'm sitting there like this is a guy that assumes that I was like in a personal relationship with the Lord for my entire high school career. And I'm about to tell him that, no, I've never opened the Bible. And, and I said, no, I I've never read the Bible. And he's like, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go back to school and you're going to read the gospel of John. And also here's this book called mere Christianity by CS Lewis. Oh, my heart. That is one of the best books of all time. I would agree. It actually, um, I would consider that it would like, I would consider that it was something that, um, God used to save my life. Yeah. Legitimately. Because I don't think without reading that book, I think that without that supplementation at that point in my life, I don't think the gospel of John would have hit. Well, it's because it's super easy to at least for me to, to read the, the Bible and be like, Oh yeah, I've read this yeah, story before. Yeah. Like I know this textbook. It's fine. Yeah. And, and so to bring in the extra analysis, that's not an actual fact, but no, like, I that's know. just it's a just, feeling. Yeah. Of it. You know what I mean? So like I said that cause I feel that way. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah. So like the, the, any kind of supplement like that is, is huge for sure. Totally. And so, um, a lot of, a lot of why I click so well or hard with, 
mere Christianity was because it really broke down and and in a way, like C.S. Lewis walks through why like there's factual evidence behind God. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. he really breaks it down and, and the first chapter is about this idea of like human morals. Mm-hmm. And like they they like yeah, just this idea of morals and that they have to have been implanted. Um, by yeah. a creator, right? And, and he just like, and that's that's not the summary of the chapter by any means. And I read this book four or three years ago. Yeah. Um, but but he does a really good job groundworking because he goes into a lot of stuff. Like, um, in high school, there there's this strong season where like I was I was in a a, a I mean I think <laughs> this is a whole other topic, but um, like porn and sexual sin was a huge mm-hmm. issue for me in high school, and it was. I, mean, I think it's an issue for like every person yeah. at, at varying levels. I mean, for some it's not and praise God for that. But a lot of the, especially a lot of the guys that I've opened up to about that, it's, it's a real thing. But in high school, I didn't talk to anybody about that. And it's a funny story because Caleb ambushed me at a Panera with, uh, he had snooped on my phone and found evidence that I was looking at porn. And he was like, all right, cool. And he called me and he called our youth pastor and said, all right, bro, I'm here to help you. Here's what I found. And it, I, I almost started crying in that Panera. Anyway. Uh, That's a whole other story. He, in, in, here's my point. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to drop that on the audience. Sorry, let me pick up my jaw off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but in mere Christianity, so in the, the same kind of season of like where God was really starting to shed any kind of light on this section of my life that I'd kept tucked mm-hmm. away, in mere Christianity, he's got a really interesting chapter on sexual sin. Yeah. And he's like, it's not so much about the sex. It's about the, uh, it's about the, because it's forbidden. It's because it's like kept away and it's built on the morality parts. So like that first chapter, he goes into like a- angels and demons. He goes into so much in that book and that first chapter holds it all together. Mm-hmm. So th- yeah. This book back to the mere like- Christianity podcast where Mitchell just talks and doesn't yep. let Grizz finish his story. Hey, but for real though, if you're listening to this, um, highly recommend checking out anything by C.S. Lewis. Um, great author. So fantastic. Um, yeah. And, and I'd love to say that at that moment, moment, like reading through those books, like I, I wish that I could tell you that it was just instantaneous and I fell back in love with the Lord and that's not true. And so, um, yeah, I feel like I'm talking to our audience a lot, but this is something that I really care about. Like if you're in a, if you're in a place and you're like, dang, I just want to, or are curious about knowing the Lord I think that I hear a lot of stories of people that are like this one event happened and it was like my entire life was changed and like my eyes were open and no doubt like the Lord does work through that. And I've seen it firsthand, but for some, for a lot of other people, it's a gradual process and it was for me. And so if you're out there being curious about, about the Lord and and about knowing him personally about Jesus Christ, the historical person of Jesus, um, like, Hold on, hold on there. Like, keep with it, keep mm-hmm. with it, because it it can be a gradual process. And so, yeah, that was kind of where I was at. And coming back, then second semester is when I started reading through those. And I had to get up. We had morning workouts for um, the football team uh, starting at five forty-five in the morning. Was when like we were down in the locker room ready to go. Well, it's five forty-five, and so I had to get up pretty much every day at. 5 five fifteen. sometimes it was 5 40 and it was a real quick sprint down to the field house <laughs> dude what um, and while being a mechanical engineering student and greenhouse hours and this and that and all this other <laughs> stuff and so like i to say that i had free time is just a myth um like quite literally enough, like i yeah. wish i was kidding about that but film sessions everything like that and so but I, I told myself, I'm like, I don't care how late it is at night and how early I have to get up in the morning. I'm going to read one chapter of mere Christianity and one chapter of the gospel of John. Mm. And, and I, I did. And I stuck with that uh, for the first time in my life. I regularly read the Bible and, um, that's, that started the process, um, of, of me coming into knowing the historical person of Jesus Christ and knowing, um, God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit on a personal intimate level. Mm. Um, where, where the first time where it really clicked, I even, so I, I was a counselor up at camp Luther that summer, which is a, um, Christian camp up in Northeastern Wisconsin. Yeah. And 
I struggled that whole summer because I really wasn't even, I was not standing on anything of a firm foundation by any means, but still trying to like teach kids about Christ, mm. which is a real interesting spot to be in. <laughs> like when yeah. you're not sure, <laughs> like when you're not sure about your own faith and you're telling kids, like we had this, um, it was, we called it Christian growth time. And so you take the kids through a lesson and one of them was about trusting Jesus Ooh. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I got so many questions at the end. And then the whole point of this lesson was just like, even in the worst of times, even when your life is looking crazy and this and that, and, and your mom and dad are telling you to clean your room and you don't want to, like you yeah. have to trust the Lord, like you have to trust Jesus. Yeah. And, and I, I regularly said, you just, it's just something that you have to do. You have to trust. It's about having faith. And then I turn right back around and be like, I can't trust Jesus. <laughs> like it was, it was so ironic and, and just so like, it was so weird. It honestly was. And so, um, yeah, I actually ended up to, that summer walking away from my football career, um, due to injury. Big sad. Um, and, and honestly, praise God for that. That was something that like yeah. was the hardest decision of my life, but I don't think that I would be any part of where I am now if that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Um, and, and so in, in that place was where I f- was one of the first times where I realized that like, holy smokes, my entire identity was rooted in football. Like I, as soon as I sent my coach an email and it was like the gist of it, Hey, I'm not coming back because of this and this and this. Um, and I just sat there after I pressed send on that email and I literally felt empty. Like I just sat in the chair and I was like, I don't know who I am anymore. Like this thing that has defined me for quite literally my entire life, like growing up watching football, but then playing it starting in fourth grade. Like that was my, that was who I was. Yeah. Um, and, and I just realized like at that moment, like I didn't have it and I didn't know who I was. And so I, I flipped through the Bible, just, I'm like, well, this could come in handy right now. <laughs> um, it, literally I was trying to find anything I could to grasp onto. And I actually came across, um, a passage in Galatians, um, chapter two, verse 20. Um, and, and that, that passage says for I've been crucified with, with Christ. It's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me um, in this life that I now live in the flesh is lived by the spirit. And, and that just kind of shook me up and was like, dang it, it never was about me. It never was about football. It never was, and it never is, and it never will be about football. Mm. It always was, it is, and it always will be about Jesus Christ. Mm. And bars. Bars, dude. And that was, I like, again, I just talk about, like, these steps of coming back into knowing the Lord. And, and I'm still on the stairway. Oh, yes. That's something mm. else that I've learned is, like, you're you're always taking steps and you're always on the stairway until you meet Jesus face to face. Oh, that's bars. That even more. Just Talking about Mark Kamzu being an evangelist in the future, bro. Bro, don't jump the gun. We're I'm, I'm about to. I'm about to go in on this boy once once he finishes his story, bro. Um, yeah, and it'll 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 wrap up. No, no, <laughs> this is a this is the longest in the story, but bro, y- but one of the ways that like Jesus has just changed my life, and so it's it's something that I care about and I want others to know about too. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, one, I love hearing your story. Me too, and I want others to hear it because so, this is a photo album. Yes, and I was about to say that. I want you to be a part of this photo album. And I can't just have you be a part of it if you're just some random face that I don't know about. We've referenced you like, I've, I've like dropped you voice, like four or five times. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, for sure. Uh, so yeah, okay. So, well. You were back to you. Back to me. <laughs> Maybe that should be the title of I was going to say, I, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I've been thinking that. I'm like, yep, I'm just going to put in quote marks. Okay, back to me. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so I made that decision and, again, just took another step towards knowing the Lord. I, I wouldn't say that I knew him personally at this point, though. Um, and I came back to campus and got encouraged by my best friend, Ilya. He was part of a crew movement crew. down in Madison, Wisconsin. And I had tried crew. Like, I had heard about crew my freshman year, and I'm like, 
oh, I should go check this out. And I went to a weekly meeting, um, actually got dragged there by Gabe Sunderland. How I met Gabe Sunderland is actually a funny story. Um, and a quick anecdote, I was walking up from the practice field. This was in August. Mm. And I had ice taped to my shoulder, ice taped to my knee. Like I was just a walking, hurting unit at this point because <laughs> yeah. like fall camp just wrecks you. Yeah. And um, I was on my way over to Garvey to like pound some calories. <laughs> and yep. uh, classic O line. Yeah. yeah, literally. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gabe was walking in between the education building and ECC. And he like came up to me. He's like, Hey, have you ever heard a crew? And I literally gave him a big hug, like a huge hug. I'm like, dude, I've been looking for you. <laughs> and, and now when Gabe talks about it to me, he's like, I knew at that point that we were going to be friends, dude, like best friends. <laughs> devil. And so. Is that we, actually Gabe walking in? No, it's Sydney Fry. Hey, Sydney Fry. Welcome to Cellmates, bro. We're, we're recording hey. Cellmates right now. You're making your debut. (laughs) (laughs) Sid, do you want to say anything to the people? (laughs) He says, I do. Here you go. Your mask will protect you from my mic. Oh, I'm blanking out. (laughs) Blanking out. (laughs) Yep. That's okay. (laughs) That's okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Just for reference, I'd like to say that Sid is dressed. He's just looking so well today, like in the jorts and Burks look. Thank you. Like it's fantastic. I am. <laughs> Thank you. I guess we'll just go on off of that, Grizz. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, just be yourself. Don't be afraid to express yourself. Style is 10% clothes and 90% confidence. Ooh. Thank you. Bars. Thank Great you, Sid Fry. Love you too, buddy. Good to see you. <laughs> we'll hear from him another time, probably. We will, hopefully. Um, yeah, so that was the first time I met Gabe. And and like I said, I wasn't, wasn't walking with the Lord at that point, but was looking hard for something to grasp on. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he drugged me to a weekly meeting. I actually like dodged his text for a long time, like kind of how freshmen do to me now on campus. Like <laughs> I just, I just like, he texts me and like the classic ministry text, like, Hey bro, what's going on? Um, just want to check in with you. Um, hope you can make it out to our weekly meeting tonight at yeah. seven thirty in the Atwood theater. Like this is the one thing I've noticed about every ministry text I've gotten from, I got one from Andrew Paskowitz freshman year. I've sent several in my time. You've gotten a couple from me too. I have, I've got, I've, I've, <laughs> I've interacted on both ends of the sending receiving process. It always comes off like you're selling a pyramid scheme every single time. It's Dang. like, it's like, Hey man, <laughs> love to see if you can make it out to my meetings here about my new opportunity. It's called Herbalife. And we're here to. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! What was that? That, that company that like had you sell like textbook help? Oh, oh! I no. actually went to their meeting. Yeah. Uh, they specifically had it in a place where there was no internet access, so you couldn't look up their page and like, yeah, yo, it yeah. was so funny. I had a hotspot on my phone, and so I, I was looking it up anyway. I remember I was writing my notes on my Surface, and I just wrote on there like, "This is a scam, really big," and I just set my Surface up because at the beginning they were like hey is that is that a computer i'm like yeah i take notes on it and they're like there's no internet right i'm like yeah i'm like okay why does that matter okay so i wrote this is a scam i was in the front row i just said it and i made sure everybody behind me could see it wow <laughs> for the record crew is not a scam at crew all crew is not yeah. a scam we we're just making a joke global about ministry that, um, organization that god, that god works through greatly um yeah so i Ended up dodging text after text from Gabe and made it out to crew um, once and and quite literally thought it was super lame. Yeah. Like, yeah, just like didn't want to go back. Um, I Gabe drug, drug me to a few Garvey's with Gabe. So it's where like a couple guys would get together and like eat some dinner and yeah. then talk about the Bible. <laughs> um <laughs> 
but but yeah so freshman year though was not involved with crew at all um but but my best friend Ilya was like dude crew kind of changed my life low-key down in madison and so well god changed my life through the vessel of crew yeah i want to make that clear yeah um and uh i really think like i know you've told me that crew up in scsu is super lame and not good but like give it another shot ma'am and so i did and i ended up getting uh, invited out to far treats um the only reason i went was because sydney fry sydney fry just made an appearance was like hey i i need a drummer and i'm like like in my mind i had no idea what far retreat was Mm, and again this is like the whole already being gassed up this was me (laughs) um I, I sounded big, like far retreat, like, oh, a bunch of people are going there. Like, it's going to be a real big event type thing. Yeah. They must need a pretty good drummer, man. Like, <laughs> I'll go. All right, let's go. Oh, for sure. They need to bring in the big guns, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I, I went and it actually turned out to be four musicians, an acoustic guitar and a cajon and a ukulele and a female vocalist in the corner of a room mm. just playing Oh, fall retreat. But <laughs> but it changed my life. It was it was wonderful. It quite literally did. So at the beginning of the retreat, again, I, I went into that retreat not having a personal relationship with the Lord by any means. Um, and I uh, the speaker just gave us an opportunity to like mm. for 30 or 45 minutes or something like that, go out and like connect with the Lord and and pray over the weekend, this and that, like classic kind of beginning of retreat Christian style stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so I went super far out into the woods and, and for the first time, like kind of laid a challenge down on the Lord, which isn't a good, I don't recommend it unless you're ready for it. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I literally said, I'm like, God, if you're real, I need you to show up in a physical way. I need to know that you're here mm-hmm. this weekend. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I think I'm done. Um, and yeah, don't challenge the Lord unless you're ready. For <laughs> um, because through intimate relationships with people and conversations and through the speaker and through worship, um, like the Lord made his presence physically known to me. Like I mm-hmm. felt it. Mm-hmm. And so much so, like, I went back. I remember going back to my apartment in St. Cloud after that weekend, and my bike had been stolen. Really? <laughs> like, <laughs> the lock was cut. The lock was laying in the middle of the parking lot, but my bike, gone. Oh. And I was like, I, I walked to my apartment, and while I should have been upset about that, I called my mom and I laid and I was like sobbing on the, like I cry a lot in this story, but like I don't cry a lot. Um, yeah. And I, I called my mom and I was, I was crying on the phone to her and I'm like, mom, you don't understand. I just interacted with Yahweh, God of the Bible, <laughs> with the Lord for the first time in over a year and a half. And it just rocked my world. Um, and again, not something that was like one moment happened and oh my gosh, my life was changed. It was just a really big step. Mm. Like, a, like a, you know, when you're running steps and you take a big three-stepper, like yep. that was kind of far retreat. Um, and so through that, got reinvested in the ministry of crew. I actually joined worship with them and... Um, went to winter conference and again, took another step and, and ended up being a quote unquote official worship leader. My second, that second semester of my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, just kept taking steps and steps and steps. And at that point, like I, I had a personal relationship with the Lord. Um, after fall retreat, I really dove into scripture for the first time in my life and on a regular basis. And and found myself in a personal relationship with the person of Jesus. And, uh, yeah, then I, then I went on a summer mission, uh, to Daytona beach. Oh yeah. Again, another big step. And, and now, like I said, I'm just on this stairway continuing through God's grace to take me more and more into knowing him. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm at now. 
just in my relationship and my walk with the Lord, um, I just wrapped up my junior year of school at St. Cloud State um, and was blessed with the opportunity to serve uh, in the ministry of crew um, as the vice president on the executive team and as the worship leader, co-worship leader with my great friend, Caleb Cop. Who you friend. didn't think would be your friend when you first met him. Fun fact, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, led, a, led a Bible study with John Severson. Um, and so I was just really blessed to be able to see that ministry grow the yeah. way it did this year. Um, we had a purity group too. Yep. Helped, while we were able to Helped out person. with the purity group while we were in person. Um, and so, yeah, the, the Lord's just been very, very gracious and merciful to me really my entire life. Um, I've been, I've been so blessed, um, just by him. Uh, the song goodness of God hits a different way for me. Um, where it says all my life you have been faithful. And, and that's just completely true because time and time again, I turned my back and walked away from the Lord, but time and time again, he remained faithful and chased me down. Um, and now he's given me gifts to, um, use in the furtherment of his kingdom, whether that be with technology, with the soundboard, with worship ministry, with connecting with people, mm-hmm. um, all of the above. Um, he's given me a particular skill set, and, and I just am trying my best to use it to glorify him. And I fail at it a lot, but, um, we're doing it. So, yeah. That's kind of the, believe it or not, that's like the shortened, uh, revised version of my life story. So hit me up on Instagram, michaelgrazy 4 for the full story. We can connect. Sweet. <laughs> whole life stories. In my Instagram story, I repost it every 24 hours. So you yeah. constantly get to know me. It's actually, you know there are highlights, I just have right? a link in just, my bio. Well, for sure. Actually, I don't. Don't go to my bio and look for a link. But I do have Galatians 2.20 in my bio. So, so you know he's a real. So you know I'm a real Christian. Yeah. yeah.